Hello and welcome to The Hack Report. I'm Jenny Graham. Coming up in this episode, we'll be talking to Jenna Cordroyer about her new book, DPA Without the Lawyer, The Journalist's Guide to Making Subject Access Requests Under the Data Protection Act 1998. Later on, Lauren will be talking to some of the hacks about their expectations about journalism before they ended up working in the industry. All of this to come after a roundup of all the very latest wannabe hacks news from Josh Hollis. Earlier this week, we saw former ex-factor judge Talisa's drug trial collapse after the judge told Southwark Court that he felt that prosecution witness and Sun journalist Moza Mahmood, also known as the fake Sheikh, had lied in giving evidence. Mahmood, who has been at the centre of several of the Sun's successful sting operations, has been suspended pending an internal investigation, the newspaper said. This week also saw Sky News presenter Colin Brazier apologising for seemingly going through victims' luggage at the scene of the tragic MH17 plane crash. The presenter sparked outrage when he was pictured in a live broadcast picking up items from open suitcases and has since released a public apology admitting it was a serious error of judgement. Staying in Eastern Europe, Ukraine is set to get a new English language television channel called Ukraine Today. The launch of the project, backed by Ukrainian oligarch Igor Kolominsky, is considered to be a reply to Russia Today, the channel obviously backed by Moscow. And finally, young journalists and developers will get the chance to be at the forefront of digital innovation once again as Build the News returns in October. The two-day event, held by The Times, Sunday Times and The Sun newspapers, allows teams to create and pitch digital storytelling proposals, and you can read lots more about what is set to be a brilliant initiative online at wannabehacks.co.uk. That's all from me. I've been Josh Hollis. Thanks for that, Josh. Now, those of you who've sat in media law lectures or tried to read a few legal cases to brush up on your case law will know that it can be pretty demanding. Acts and their various sections can be pretty heavy reading. We all have our own media law bibles, McNeys, Quinns, but these don't give you a step-by-step guide on how to use the various acts as a journalist. The Centre of Investigative Journalism has published a handbook series on how journalists can use both the Freedom of Information Act and the Data Protection Act. I caught up with the author of the latter guide, Jenna Cordroy, to ask her why it's so important that journalists learn how to use the Data Protection Act. We've done these uh, handbooks on the Freedom of Information Act and also the environmental information regulations, but we also wanted to explore this relatively unknown section in the Data Protection Act which grants you the right to access your personal information, whether that's from public authorities like your local council or your local police force, to your personal information held by um, private companies, so um, companies that you used to work for. Now, we believe that this right has been unexplored by journalists and the public too, and it's great that you can access your personal information in the sense that it can verify whistleblower claims. We interact so much with companies and departments, we just don't know how much personal information they're holding on us. So it's important that we find out how much information they're holding on us. And I think it's just a good journalist uh, tool. Just looking through the book, you provide quite a lot of information and background information about, about the Act, and you'd refer to Edward Snowden's... Uh, revelations in The Guardian. Was this the catalyst or was this kind of the right time to publish this kind of book, do you think? We had the idea for the book just before uh, the revelations come out. We had the idea when the blacklisting of construction workers, as well as uh, people like Mark Thomas, who is a comedian slash journalist, who used the Data Protection Act to access his personal information uh, from the police. And what came out was quite interesting, shall we say. They were holding a lot of personal information about him. And it was quite interesting. So I think we just wanted to explore that. 
Podcast. Jenna Cordroy there talking to me about her new book, DPA Without the Lawyer. For more information on this book, you can click the relevant link below this audio player. Earlier this week, Lauren wrote a post packed with advice, thoughts and hindsight from a group of journalists. They were talking about their expectations of the industry before they started working in it. After writing her post, Lauren caught up with some of the editors at Wannabe Hacks. Were their expectations of journalism really that different from the reality? Lauren Cunningham investigates. I haven't got my first proper byline yet, but that doesn't stop a whole host of different expectations running around in my mind. What is it really like to work in journalism? Is the money as bad as everyone says it is? Will I travel or will I be chained to my desk all day? To find out more, I asked a group of journalists for some examples of how their expectations of the industry compared to the reality of working in it. Here's what some of the hacks had to say. First up, we have Nick Petrie. When I was starting out, people still talked about digital journalism like it was this thing that would happen in the future. Yet, when I actually got my first job three and a half years ago, it was an entirely digital role, and I've built a career out of understanding and making the most of digital opportunities since then. I also believe there was endless opportunity to be creative and to work with people to help deliver an even better news experience for readers. I was right about the opportunities, but not prepared for how timid and scared many people would be in chasing after them. I knew there was a transition about to happen to a more modern news operation that still has journalistic values at its core, but was more agile and more able to experiment with how stories are told. I now understand that this transition will be ever ongoing and never finish. That was Nick Petrie, Deputy Head of News Development at The Times there. Now we have Natalie Clarkson. I think the thing I didn't realise when getting into journalism was the wide variety of roles available in the industry. Um, So I think a lot of people kind of think of journalists just as reporters, but actually there's a whole wide range of different roles that you can do as a journalist, kind of subbing, production and um, social media. And and actually kind of to um, produce a story, to produce a paper, um, there's a lot of different roles that go into that from like writing and um, design and subbing. Um, and even kind of social media to put that out on social networks. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that there's a lot more to journalism than just writing. That was our content editor, Natalie Clarkson, who works for Go Think Big. For more like this, you can read my post, Journalism, Expectations vs. Reality. Just click the link in the description below this audio player. Lauren Cunningham there catching up with some of the hacks. That's all from us this time. We'll be back in a fortnight with another podcast, but until then you can get in touch with us either in the comments section below this post, on Facebook, or in a tweet to the team at Wannabe Hacks. I'm Jenny Graham and you've been listening to The Hack Report.